This is the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Anfield. Hello, everyone, and welcome to um, to Wembley and to the Blood Red podcast. I'm Joe Rimmer here, and alongside Theo Squires. Thanks for waiting. Um, wow, <laughs> just an incredible afternoon. I'm, I'm kind of lost for words, which isn't a good start for a podcast, but uh, I, how do you sum that up, Theo? I mean, nobody does drama like Liverpool, and this was drama like... I tweeted after the game, Theo, saying I think it could be the greatest win of Klopp's reign. And I know that sounds crazy, but but when you think about the context, about the injuries, about the side they were playing, the money they've spent, the, um, the, the VAR decisions, the big chances for Chelsea, I mean... I mean, it's quiet in here, Wembley now, but it wasn't quite earlier. It was it was incredibly noisy. The crowd was incredible. Liverpool fans put Chelsea fans to shame, I think. You know, that they were incredibly loud. Chelsea had their plastic flags. I mean, <laughs> how do you begin to sum it up? An incredible moment at the end where Van Dijk, you know, we were just down in Klopp's press conference and he was elated and tired and it was just, it just had everything, didn't it? Um, I don't really have a question. Just tell us how you feel. Um it's a result where Liverpool could have lost 3-0 today and you'd still be incredibly proud of them. It felt from the majority like the Tottenham game where how the hell have you got to the last minute and it is still level scores. Like there's so much adversity. And for the majority, let's be honest, they were still the better side. Chelsea looked very good on the counter-attack. They were creating chances and Keller had to put in a lot of good saves. But when it was getting the ball under, getting it under control, passing it around, Liverpool were superb. And this is just what... Everything under Klopp is building up to this moment, this night, where he's like, this is how I want my team to play. We press from the front. We're so energetic. It's what rock and roll football and just nice passing movement. It's really good football to watch. And he brought that in and he made it with the first team within a few years to the extent that they're winning the Champions League, winning the Premier League. And it's, but we're going to do it for the academy as well. And now we're seeing the academy lads coming in and setting the world alight. Like Jaden Dan's, like he's just said in the press conference, I loved him from the first moment I saw him in team training. And I've said this a few times now. That would have only been a, a month ago, six weeks ago. Jaden Dan's only made his Premier League two debut on January the thirteenth. He's made his second appearance at Liverpool today at Wembley in a League Cup final, and he could have scored twice. Um, James McConnell, superb in midfield when he came on. Bobby Clark, superb. You can throw Harvey Elliott in there. He's just he's been walking wounded here. He's done so well to get to the end of the game. It's just another really proud day for Liverpool. Um, he felt at times maybe it just was going to be one adversity too many, one injury too many. But then you hear those fans at 90 minutes singing You'll Never Walk Alone. And I've said to you off camera, that's an Istanbul moment, isn't it? When they were singing that at halftime in Istanbul, was like, we've got a chance here. And that must have made these players feel 10 feet tall. And they came in and put such a good performance in extra time. Like These are players who have not played 90 minutes at Liverpool Football Club, never mind having to go all the way through extra time. Yeah. Uh, it's a huge win. It's a massive statement. You'd have been so proud of the performance, even if they lose. You just now wonder who was actually left fit for the game in midweek against Southampton. But tonight, we celebrate. Tonight, we enjoy this win. Certainly. Um, look, um, I'm looking at the chat here. If, you're, um, if you've got a question, throw it in the chat. We'll try and get around to it. We'll, we'll stay as long as we, we possibly can. We might get kicked out at some point. Who knows? But um, yeah. We might Stuart Tudor dropping his favourite European city. And we're not going to do that today. But but yeah, nice niece. So very good. And um, Steve Killen, nice to see you. But yeah, I mean, where to start? All right. Well, in terms of playing performances, I mean, they're all 10 out of 10 in my book. Um, incredible performances. And like you say, there was a moment in the second half when um, Liverpool fans started singing a lay, a lay, a lay. 
and it, it was deafening. You know, it was it was incredibly loud. I've been to Wembley a few times, and it was the loudest I've heard it. And um, the Chelsea fans were on our right here, and they they sort of limply responded with the with the wave of their their plastic flags, and it was belief like you know, like you've never seen. And 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 I think, I think that. Like you say, it must have bled into the players. It, it's it's a belief that Jurgen Klopp has installed in this whole football club. He, you know, it was just the first thing he did when he walked through the door was was give an incredible soundbite about doubters and believers that we've all heard a million times. But you know, it, it's almost become a cliche, but it's absolutely true. You know, that the supporters believe, the fans believe. Sorry, the supporters and the fans. That the supporters <laughs> believe, the players believe. You know, it, it seeps right through into the academy. It, it is just an incredible collective, and and that's what today was all about. And. They made Chelsea. They embarrassed Chelsea. I mean, it, it was Liverpool played like lions, and Chelsea, you know, were 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 sheep. You know, they they just couldn't Kangaroos. get near them. Kangaroos, yeah. And 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 um, you know, there, there was some some top top performances. I'd like to start with, I said in the last podcast, Endo was my favourite Liverpool player of all time, <laughs> and I'm sticking with it. I, I thought he, like at the end, he was like hunched over, almost so weary, and he just kept fighting and fighting. He won. He basically won a 200 million battle on his own, didn't he, with those two, Enzo and, and uh, Caicedo. He was just absolutely superb. He's just left um, on some crutches and a protective boot, which is like, it may as, be, may as well be um, the club apparel at the moment, mightn't it? You know, Nike should bring out some protective boots because um, cause all the Liverpool players are wearing them. But he... he he left earlier, so you know he will be a big doubt now for Southampton and, and possibly beyond that. Um, but I've just said to the to my mate at home, stick the under nines out. I feel like Liverpool will win everything with them. So, you know, he, he was brilliant. I thought Elliot and um, and Bradley. I know Bradley came off, but I think you've got to consider that these are really, really young players. And, and Elliot might be experienced in inverted commas now, but he's still really, really young. And to handle a change of circumstances. In the in the middle of the game, like they did when when Grabenberch went off, they changed position, and to handle that in the way that they did against a side like Chelsea, I thought was just incredible. They, they were brilliant, and then when the young players came on, obviously they, they all did so well. You know, I thought James McConnell. There was a moment when he got a booking um, for a professional foul, but it, it was just it was brilliant. You know, him getting that booking was perfect. It was it was exactly what he needed to do, and I loved that. I, I thought that was really really good. And, and Bobby Clark looks one hell of a talent, doesn't he? I mean, he was brilliant. So. The Van Dyke moment, you know, I must admit, I thought we were going to get through to pens and then it would have been a lottery. And, you know, whether whether you trust the kids to take the pens, you know, maybe that's really harsh, judging on, by what we've just witnessed. Mid season, didn't they, last yeah. year? In their, was AC Milan yeah. and Leon. Yeah. I think Bobby Clark might have missed one there. Yeah. So, so I thought we were going there. So for Van Dyke to go and win it was just, it was just incredible. And yeah. You know, talk us through a little bit of Klopp's press conference there. He just came through, and yeah, it was um, it was really nice, wasn't it? It was kind of a bit of bit different from some of his recent press conferences. Yeah, well, for starters, Klopp was knackered, wasn't he? <laughs> you could tell he's done so many uh, post match, well, not post match press conferences, but interviews. So the first thing he said to us was, uh, "Thanks for waiting." He's like, you know, you could have watched the other interviews, but no, he gave some really good answers, um, full of praise for Van Dyke, for Endo. There was a nice little joke that wasn't there about. Darwin and Sabostoli saying medical team told me they were injured, but they they were 100 percent in those yeah, uh, yeah. celebrations. I have to have a word with the medical team. Um, he also asked about the Virgil Van Dyke disallowed goal. Yeah. It was like, uh, who here thinks it was offside? Who was on VAR? Like, I I still don't know why it's been ruled out. It looks so harsh. Van Dyke is onside. Endo might have been offside, or he's blocked Colwell. But Cole, it's over Colwell's head anyway. Van Dyke is winning that header. I thought it was very, very, very harsh. Yeah, like you say, I think it was over Colwell's head. It was, it was, it was the sort of thing that you see a million times 
around corners and free kicks and they aren't penalised. You know, I think I saw a lot of people on social media talking about like almost like VAR stretching to find something to rule a goal out. I thought it was absurd, really. And um, it was, yeah, Liverpool had the, every right to feel massively aggrieved by that. Um, so, yeah, just... What do you say? You know, like so. So it was justice, wasn't it? When, when, when but one thing that's not been said about that disallowed goal is, if you look at, I think it was Chilwell during it as well. He's got a full hand on yeah, Van Dijk, yeah, yeah. Uh, pulling him down, and he still beats him in the air. He still wins the header. Um, but yeah, Klopp obviously not very impressed that that wasn't allowed. He's had a proper uh, attack at the referee by the sounds of it in the post-match things uh, interviews, saying he wasn't up to the refereeing this occasion. It's not as though he favoured either side, but there are a number of big decisions. You're looking at it going, how has he made that decision? I, I said, I think on the half. Time one. I'm not really sure how Caicedo stayed on the pitch. That, that was a stamp on uh, Graven Birch, who Graven Birch has probably left. He, he was on crutches, he was on a protective boot for the celebrations. And we've seen Curtis Jones sent off for less this season. There's just so many bizarre uh, decisions in this game. Yet Liverpool still dug in, they were resilient and they emerged victorious. Like you can see moments where they did feel like they're struggling a bit with the pressure where Chelsea were knocking at the door. Keller had to make some big saves. There was a couple of really bad misses. Was it Fernandez when he's like in the six yard box gets it stuck under his feet? But yeah, like it was just a really positive day and Klopp I also love the um little reference to Alan Hansen. Like yeah, I've just yeah. learned the the line um there's an English saying you don't win anything with kids. Like this doesn't happen in football, but Liverpool have proved Alan Hansen wrong today and I hope that Gorsty uh, or Doily have done that in one of their comments today. If not, we'll probably do it tomorrow, won't we, between us. But yeah, it was a really proud day for Liverpool Football Club with the kids stepping up and being counted. And it makes you feel positive about the future after Jurgen Klopp. Like he is passing on the baton to a better place. As long as they get the managerial appointment right, and it's someone who fully buys into the club and what Klopp's achieved, and the man, uh, the players fully get behind. This is just the start for their journey. It's Liverpool 2.0, and you're talking about 18, 19, 20 year olds here who've just won their first medal in professional football at Wembley, not just sitting on the bench making up numbers. Uh, many more of this to come. We'll have to see if there's a few more trophies before the end of the season, fingers crossed. But if this is a, a nice last one for Jurgen Klopp, they've gone and done it in style. But you'd like to think they can challenge for the league trophy. The only uh, thing that's stopping them now from winning more trophies is that injury list. If any more players get knocked uh, knocked down here, they've got nothing left. It's 13 players now, isn't it? With Endo in that protective boot, Graven Birch in the protective boot. My earpiece has just fallen out, so hopefully produce Syrian's not going to be speaking to us. <laughs> yeah, it's just ridiculous that injury list, and they've still managed to find a way to get the job done and win the League Cup against the side that's starting eleven probably cost what nearly a billion pounds, something ridiculous like that. It's going to be multi, multi hundred million. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. A word as well for Quiven Keller, who um, I've never seen a man look like he's just woken up and in the, you know in the six-yard box and and, and is, plays the game with such a cool, I mean, cool demeanour, doesn't he? And and he made he did his best Allison impression today. And and it's funny with Keller because he's been a player who when he first came in, I thought God Liverpool got one of the best number twos in world football. He he was that good. And then yeah. you know probably for a year there, I was thinking you know does he need to go and get football? You know is it. There were some performances that I wasn't too sure about. And then recently he's come roaring back and, and that was probably, well, it, there's no probably about it. That was his best Liverpool performance. Saves at big moments and yeah, and getting out at the feet of people and just, it's just so cool. You know, like the, the ball comes back to him, he's under pressure, he's always cool. Um, 
you know, I, I thought thought he was absolutely outstanding, and uh, you know, de- definitely deserves to be one who's talked about a lot today. And you know, again, you go through the team. Gomez came off the bench, put in a great performance. Van Dijk as a leader. You know, it was great to him, for him to have that moment because I think, you know, obviously. Defenders don't get many goals, but but for him as a leader and as a representative and, and for all those kids, I thought it was just brilliant. Um, Kanate, you know, so they had to take him off at the end because I think he might have got sent off, but his his performance was just out of this world. You know, the amount of one-on-one duels those two have to win. And, and Chelsea basically played deep today, didn't they? Hoping to try and clip balls over the top. Catlin won the counter with the pace of Jackson Sterling. And then Mudrick later in the game and, and Madweke. And Kanate just won so many one-on-ones where he was charging back. There was one that he came back and, and defended in that six-yard box over there and got his body in the way. There was so much of that. And and I, again, I just think I go back to that belief. You don't you do not do those sorts of things without belief. You know, there was a, there was a moment very early in the game when um, Chelsea lost the ball and Sterling sort of turned around, shrugged his, shrugged his shoulders and, and one of his teammates and, and sort of pulled the face and then started jogging back and Liverpool were breaking. And I think you very rarely see that from Liverpool. Any any player that's come in, you very rarely see it. Klopp just didn't allow it. From the moment he, he came in, he weeded out anyone that, that could be like that. And 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 that's what the difference is between these two teams. Chelsea, just a team that there's there's no common common ground running through that club. There's no there's no belief. You know, those players are just an expensively assembled sort of Frankenstein's monster of a club that yeah, just 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 didn't turn up. Whereas Liverpool to a man Everyone putting performances. Simicast, you know, we've, he's been out with his own injuries. Barely seen much of him. Gets the assist. Came off the bench. I thought fought so hard. Once so, again, so many duels here on the left hand touchline that that I, I thought was so impressive. So, you know, I, I just keep going back to that belief. And you know, you say more players injured, and it gets harder and harder, doesn't it? But when do you ever count this Liverpool team out? You never can because they come and do the you know the most extraordinary of things. So, yeah, you know. It's going to be tough, but I wouldn't I wouldn't count them out ever, um, and we should know that by now. You know, I, I kind of was a bit nervous before kickoff after seeing the teams. You know, I was hoping that maybe Nunes or Salah would at least make the bench, and when they didn't, I thought that was a blow. But then they came through the first like, twenty minutes. I thought they're the best team here, and as, as the game wore on, I became more and more confident. And then obviously grabbing Berch gets injured, and you think blow, and then it went to extra time, and I thought they might struggle here because they looked out on their feet. Lexis McAllister, how good was Lexis McAllister? Absolutely outstanding and um, ran himself into the ground. Um, so, you know, as the game wore on, I start, started to worry. But then again, in extra time, Liverpool took over again, started controlling the game. I couldn't I couldn't really believe it. And, you know, Chelsea, if you're a supporter of Chelsea, you'd be absolutely furious with your team for not managing to grapple control of that game with the experience and all right I say experience maybe the price tag that they had on players some of them weren't perhaps that experienced but they played you know they played far more than, than Liverpool's academy graduates and Liverpool just controlled it and played the ball played the game in, in Chelsea's final third and the goal was always going to come for Liverpool wasn't it in that extra time so Chelsea Chelsea's window to win it was at the end of the 90 minutes and when they didn't Liverpool carried on growing into it so that you know that was incredible so yeah, I mean, there's so many themes and it's quite difficult coming on this pod after the game. It's the first time I've done like a, a post-match one, especially in the ground. And it's quite difficult to sort of gather your thoughts. So, you know, you you, you sort of here, there and everywhere. Yeah, but <laughs> but um, but yeah, I just keep, I probably keep repeating myself. But yeah, any questions, throw them in chat. Give us a like, give us a subscribe, press the bell as, as the lads always laugh at me for saying, but press the bell because that always helps. But yeah, Theo, any, any other performances that you want to pick out there? I mean... 
that substitutions are great, aren't they? Klopp's substitutions were, were brilliant and brave and bold. And again, where I felt like Chelsea, it felt like they were sort of hanging on and maybe playing for penalties a little bit at the end. Whereas Chelsea was, uh, sorry, Klopp was aggressive with his substitutions and brought players on who, you know, he could have left tired players on and just hoped they got through, but he didn't. He, he brought on young players and backed them. And that 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 was something in itself, wasn't it? Steve Kellen's asking how many cases of Carabao to bring back. We're going to need a fair few. Those players probably need the most of them. And, and, and look, you know, I'm a bit gutted if Carabao UK, if you're watching, if you want to give us any Carabao, I've not seen any round here, but I've been banging the drum for the League Cup for a long time. So if anyone deserves a Carabao after Liverpool players, Klopp and, and all the staff, maybe maybe I could have a little sip. But Theo, any more performances to pick out? I just want to pick up what you've said there about the kids again. I know it's, we keep going back to them and you say about Chelsea that they're individuals, but this isn't just a Liverpool team that have played together under Jurgen Klopp and they've become a band of brothers. These kids have been in that academy for years learning how to play together as well. And it, finally, does it answer the, the transfer market debate? Like, you know, when you, especially when you have years like last year, fans go, transfers, transfers, transfers. That is the answer. Go and spend 50 million on a new centre-back. Go and do this. Go and do that. We need a Trent Alexander-Arnold deputy replacement, whatever, at right-back. We need a new centre-back. We need this. We need that. Granted, these players have played more than you'd anyone would have liked this year because of injuries. But have faith in the academy. Chelsea have spent all that money and they've just built a team of individuals that can't play together. Liverpool have got these players coming through together, breaking through at the same time. And the academy coaches always say it. They're, they're doing this with their friends yeah. and it means that much more to them. Like We could easily see some of these players playing the Youth Cup game next Thursday against Leeds United because they did against Arsenal before Christmas because they wanted to play with their friends and go for the trophy. And there is that such unity there and it's great atmosphere behind the scenes all the way through the club and this one is for them as much as everything is going wrong for Chelsea this year and they think this is how you don't spend money Liverpool have been criticised for not spending money at times but this season they can say well this is why we didn't want to go and sign a new right back because we've got Connor Bradley. We didn't yeah. need to sign a new centre back because we've got Jarrell Crancer. You look at the midfielders there and yes they had to spend that to revamp the midfield but you look at it now going actually do they need another number six or a number eight because you've got McConnell, you've got Clark. Do you need another striker when you've got Jaden Dance who can learn that job from uh, Darwin Nunes? They've just got so many good players coming through and Pop keeps saying, there's more here that we haven't seen yet. Like Trey and Yoni, I still can't say his name properly. I keep saying this in every podcast, I need to learn it. That's embarrassing on my behalf. But he's only 16. He's been in so many matchday squads and we've not seen him yet. 16 on the bench. It's mental, car. isn't it? In the final. It's like, when will that opportunity come? probably on Wednesday, let's be honest. He's probably going to get a, an outing against Southampton if everyone is as injured as we think they are. Um, you've got Lewis Kumas there as well. And he, he started the season with the 21s after doing pre-season with the first team. Um, he scored a lot of goals at that level, but he's not got the attention of Dan's because it's easier, to, I suppose, to score at the under-18s level when you're, you're ready for it. And while he's been in a couple of matchday squads, he's not made that debut yet because he's still quite a slight boy. Uh, he's going to be maybe bullied a little bit, you'd, you'd fear, on the big occasions against those big six foot three, six foot four defenders. But Dan's can rise to that challenge. But then when they get built, they get those muscles on them. And you see like Curtis Jones this season, they step up again. And it's just keep going on about the academy that they're brilliant. But you can go through that 11. So many players were superb. Like Endo boss that midfield as you said we won that battle he was winning everything I love that moment in which half was that I can't even remember because it was four weren't there in the end but when he sprints past Kaiseido and just left him for dust yeah, yeah, on the halfway yeah. line and it's like you've spent 100 and 
a 15 million or whatever on your midfielder. We spent 16 on ours, and he's just left you like that. He's just in control of that game. It was ridiculous. Uh, Elliot was really, really good. You, you're not feeling like, oh, this looks so bad without Mohamed Salah when we've been in that situation before. Uh, McAllister has been amazing ever since he came back from injury, and long may that continue. £35 million bargain. Uh, Gakpo and Diaz probably would have been liked to be a bit more involved, but that was just the way the Diaz, game went. I disagree. I think Diaz. Sorry, I think yeah. just just a good quick word on Diaz. I thought Diaz. All right, yeah. There, sometimes I think with Diaz, the end product. I think I talked about that in the pre-match pod. Um, you know, you you'd like to see him take a couple of more chances, but his work rate today was phenomenal. Yeah. And and oh. in the end of extra time, he could barely walk. You know, you could see his legs were absolutely done. But he but he stretched Chelsea and ran them ragged. And when and the pressing was just out of this world. So I thought Diaz, yeah, all right, you know, he, he didn't have the moment with the goal or anything like that, but he, but his his work rate was just was really key. And I think, um, I mean, it was the work rate of everyone. You know, we talk about players and you, you say their work rate, but, but Diaz, you know, sort of taking that mantle up front. You know, Gakpo, again, there was moments again for him, but he, but he wasn't quite as involved. But I thought Diaz was really, really good. He scored, though, shouldn't he? Gakpo hit the post. Um, a couple of chances. Yeah, he's... he's unlucky the thing with Cody Gakpo is he's not Jota he's not Nunes and he's not Salah he's not a prolific finisher the same way I know we talk about Nunes' composure but maybe that is the Firmino role in the team and it's fine having that player when your wingers are the ones then providing you 20-30 goals like Salah and Mane did you're not going to get that from Elliot and Diaz so there's a bit more pressure on them when that is the front three Uh, we've had a comment here from CJ saying the young boys did so well but why is there no Cade Gordon I think he was left at home I think that's what Klopp said in the the post-match press conference when he was talking about the youngsters Uh, obviously they can't bring everyone um, and they would have had a couple of players who didn't make the squad here today like Mrozrik the goalkeeper but then Salah and Nunes just to see if they, they could overcome the injuries and they didn't uh Cade Gordon you'd imagine if he's fit he'll play in midweek but it's it, a bad injury isn't it, Kate Gordon? yeah that, that I think he, he's not been forgotten he's not been left behind but it takes time to come back from such a, a long-term injury like he was out for best part of 18 months and he was explosive when he burst onto the scene but it still takes time and he's still it'll take time for him to get the consistency and the rhythm I saw him in the under-21s against Stoke the other week and he had a really really good first half he was cutting inside a lot and everything was going through him I know Barry Lutas was singing his praises but then he does tire when the game comes on because it's been so long since he's played consistent football Um, but his chance will come maybe under a new manager, but then might have to play a few more games the rest of the season here. But you've got so many academy players you wait and see step up and they're complementing this senior group so, so well. There is a nice uh, like generation gap here. Like Last year, it was everyone seemed to be old at once, but now you've got the ones that are Salah, Van Dijk, Alisson, but then they've also got the younger ones who are at that peak, or not even at their peak yet, like Nunes, Sabosai, McAllister that have signed and then the young generation coming through. So it's just going to be that succession of Trent is becoming a leader in this team, Curtis Jones is becoming a leader in this team, then Bradley will, then Quanza will. So if they, everything seems to be so right off the pitch, if they keep this going, Liverpool aren't going anywhere anytime soon, even without Jurgen Klopp in the dugout. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. Yeah, agreed. A couple more things I'd, I'd point out. Bobby Clark, we haven't spoke about him much. I thought Bobby Clark was absolutely outstanding. You can tell there's a little bit of there's a little bit of something special about Bobby Clark. You know the way he moves with the ball, the way he traps it, the way he sort of used his body and swivelled some of the the um, the Chelsea defenders. I, I thought he was just 
he showed a real bit of class and a bit of composure in, in what was a very frenetic final bit of the game. Um, and, and I think, again, this underlines, I think I mentioned our pod recently, that Vito Massos role. Yeah. Obviously, he's leaving Liverpool. Um, I think he'll go with Linders. I think that is a massive role that Liverpool have to get get right because it's been one of the roaring successes of... I mean, let's face it, that was an FSG appointment in terms of that that role when they brought Linders into it. So that has been a roaring success for Liverpool over the last 10 years, I'd say. And I think they need to find the right person um, to, 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 to fill that role um, because... For the next manager, it's going to be key, and there aren't many clubs. It's very rare, I think, that they have such a connection between academy and first team. It it's it's something that let's face it, it's something that you know, growing up watching the the Julio teams, the Benitez teams, you get players coming through. Don't get me wrong, Liverpool have been very lucky to have some really really talented footballers, but there was always this talk about the disconnect between academy and first team and, and whether they can get that right. To me, now they've got that so so well, and. Um, Sam and Joe with a 7-2 Villa shout here. Very, very odd to, to bring a result from, from four years ago into the mix. Yeah, it's a Chelsea badge. I think um, I think you need to go to bed, mate. I think, um, <laughs> yeah, you're, um, you're tired. But, but it, yeah, I mean, I think that, that academy connection is um, is incredible. Um, so I think Liverpool need to make sure that they, they continue that and don't lose it when clock leaves. Um, and I think as well that the types of manager they will look for will be types of manager who give young players a chance because that again is is an FSG um it's an FSG um sort of like it's part of their their operating model isn't it so yeah um definitely definitely think they need to do that dead quickly um before we wrap up I wanted to, there were some really nice moments in the celebrations I saw Kenny um and, and Elliot in the tunnel there um Kenny cuddling Elliot, big grin on his face. I love Klopp sort of missing the, uh, thinking you'll never walk alone and finished and going to give the fist bumps and then having to run back into the into the huddle there to to, to sort of carry on singing it. But um, yeah, and there's some really nice moments in the celebrations. And I know you spotted a few Theo. So do you want to just take us through one or two before we um, we sign off? Because I am slightly worried that we're going to get kicked out soon. Oh, there's a couple of people, people sitting around. around. Oh, there's James Pierce sitting around up there. Pierce is still, still there. Neil's still there. So we might be a bit all right for a bit longer. So yeah, um, if you want to run us through some some really nice moments in the celebrations that you spotted. Um, one of them was, well, you know, whenever Liverpool win a trophy, Klopp gets his coaching staff together and they pose for a picture. And they did that in front of the, the fans on the other side of the stadium from us, still Liverpool fans in their seats. And it's when they were posing that for that picture, it struck me, this, if the season doesn't end how we want, could be the last time they get to do that. But so I think it's a bittersweet moment, isn't it, for them doing that, for celebrating with the fans. And then Klopp does, he does another go at the fist bumps, but when he's holding the trophy and there was a, a lot less energy about it that time, shall we say, he's a very tired man after all this. Uh, the celebrations, you've got the kids as well, like Quancer and uh, Bradley, I think it was. They like doing piggybacks, obviously Bradley on Quancer's back. I'm not sure Bradley could have managed holding Quancer up after running his socks off for 60, 70 minutes. Uh, but they were full of energy, enjoying winning their first trophy i'm trying to think what else uh, jamie carragher he was down on the sidelines he was uh catching up with uh, tom Werner and mike gordon um th- those two fsg bosses they got hold of the trophy at one point the post for a picture and then they realized what do we do with the trophy now and it just so happened to be luis diaz walking past them so that here you go lucho and he was like a bit taken aback thank them for getting the trophy um obviously you've mentioned there klopp having to go back to the the group um he did the fist pumps, of course, behind the goal as well. Um, before Was that before they went up to get the trophy, I think? Yeah, that sounds right. Um, you had Ibrahim Akanate and Virgil van Dijk leading the uh, the one-kiss dance that Klopp joined in as well. Uh, it's just so many 
nice moments between these players that have achieved so much together, even the ones that haven't been on at the club that long or in the first team that long. There is just such a unity there. And you, you like we keep saying on this podcast, you feel so proud of them for the jobs they've done today. Um, they've done the club proud and it's nice that they actually got the trophy to justify those efforts um, we, we'll be doing a, a moments missed on the celebrations piece which all being well should go up this evening if not it'll be tomorrow morning there's a few more that are just escaping me at this moment because we've got quite a few between us didn't we so they'll be on there and then tomorrow we'll have your normal post-match stuff with uh, whatever moments missed during the game doilies uh, analysis Gorsty's verdict has Gorsty's verdict gone up yet? Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll, there's so much to come. Uh, I think we are getting booted out now, and that, that's what you're warning about, Joe. But yeah, you, you're better doing the, the YouTuber send-offs than me, aren't you? If you're telling us to click and subscribe, <laughs> subscribe to your, your TikTok dances and all that. <laughs> right. Well, okay. Well, we are getting kicked out. So um, nice ladies just come over and asked us to leave. So look, um, thanks so much for listening. Please do give us a like if you're on YouTube. Subscribe. Press the bell um, if you're listening on on podcasts. If you can, if you can give us a review, we'd really appreciate it. Um, if you're on Facebook, give us a like. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, um, X, um, Instagram, and yeah, look out for. We'll just have so much reaction, so much, um, so much of the analysis from the game. Um, pretty much all of us have done some some analysis to come. So yeah, we'll have plenty of that throughout the evening and tomorrow morning. And we'll be back tomorrow with the um, the, the Bloodford Pod from the office. We'll drive back tonight. We'll freshen up. We'll get a few hours kip, and we'll get back on the pod, and we'll um, we'll have a proper office. proper reaction. So thank you so much for listening. All the best and 10 League Cups. Um, Liverpool are still the most successful team in the land. Up the Reds. Good night. Tear up. You've been listening to the Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.